Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here, and uh, I've got a guest today who has been through some just, he's just, he's got one of those stories that you just, you wonder how people get through these things. And that kind of is the question, how do you even get through that sort of thing? He's got a book out that tells his story. It is called Out of the Fire. My guest is Mike Kenny, And uh, well, there's so much here, I don't even know how to tease it, just Say stick around uh, and be a part of the conversation if you want. Loretta, good to see you today. Uh, Ajmal, uh, per- forgive me if I pronounced that wrong, but chat is open uh, if you're out there and you want to you know, chime in on this one. Um, Mike, great to have you. appreciate you taking the time to share with our audience today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to uh, be on the show. So on the cover of your book, you know, there's a, an ambulance, there's fire <laughs> there's reference to an angel there's a lot going on take us back to kind of where you like to start to kind of tell your story so we can understand your your long journey since then sure uh, the title of the book is out of the fire how an angel and stranger intervened to save a life and uh, makes me laugh looking at it now because my my dad when he you know a couple of months ago said are you sure that you shouldn't have matt as you know in the title of the book because matt blickendorf my friend saved my life he pulled me out of this burning truck mm. 20 years ago and uh, i said no dad you're, you're gonna have to read the story to, to to figure out why it says that so uh you know there's a reason that uh, matt is not the center of the story that there's not a hero of this story uh, the hero is is jesus of course uh but uh, to take you back, I guess, as a starting point, I had my accident 20 years ago. I went on a journey, of course, and now uh, this book is just such a blessing uh, that I get to share my story and, and tell people about my journey. Yes. Yeah, so describe describe the accident itself. What, were you driving? Were you in a vehicle? Yeah, I was driving uh, my 1987 Ford uh, Ranger, and my buddy Matt was driving in front of me in his little red Supra. He saw me swerve off the road uh, through a hollow tree and into a telephone pole where the uh, the truck had a really long hood. Those 1987s had really long hoods. It crushed all the way back and on top of my legs. So I was trapped and uh, fire started in my truck. So by the time Matt got to the truck to try to pull me out, the whole thing was ablaze, you know, cloth interior. Mm. And um, after he pulled on me, you know, he tried to get into the truck. That's a whole nother story that's in the book, but he finally gets the door open and he's trying to pull me out, realizes my seatbelt's on and uh, reaches in, burns himself trying to take the seatbelt off of me and uh, pulls on me. And it's like, I didn't move an inch. Uh, so keeps pulling probably about five or more minutes before a passerby came down this dark country road. And, uh, you know, uh, the long story short, he, he, kind of argued with Matt, told him to get away from the truck. It was going to blow up because it was the flames were going up this wooden telephone pole. We actually have video footage of uh, when the, the fire truck got to the scene of the accident. You can see how high these flames are. But they argued. Finally, he came over, and that, and that was the stranger that came and helped Matt uh, pull me out of the truck. What, uh, what, what caused you to crash in the first place? 
Well, it was two years later on the same exact day, uh, August 16th of 02 was when my bad accident happened. Two years later on the same day, I had another car accident in the middle of the afternoon and later learned that I have narcolepsy. Okay. So you fell asleep at the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just, and I'm guessing you don't remember any of that. I don't, I don't remember a thing. My last memory is getting gas, uh, with, uh, with my friend, uh, Matt and we couldn't put too much, uh, gas in. I didn't have much money with me, but, uh, it turned out to be a good thing that we didn't have more money, uh, cause that could have, uh, taken both of our lives. Jeez. Mm, so I'm guessing you're in the hospital for a bit. I was, yeah. I was in ICU for about uh, six or so weeks, and then I uh, was there in the pediatric unit of the hospital for another six weeks or so. So it was, you know, uh, most of my first semester of my senior year in high school. Oh, wow. So you were young. Um, mm-hmm. What, what, were you raised as a Christian, or where was God during all this? I was, yeah, I was born into a Christian home. Dad was an elder uh, at the church, and so uh, he's a dentist uh, as well. So I had a lot of people that knew who my dad was. And I think that's something that I probably, in terms of my faith, I wrestled with prior to the accident was, where's where do I fit in? What's my purpose? Why am I here? Sure. And um, and then the accident happens, and it's like, now I really don't know mm-hmm. what, what, the, what, what the road looks like in front of me. Walk walk me down that road a little bit, both physically and spiritually. Well, I would say when I first, uh, I don't remember much of anything until about six weeks after the accident when I was on the way to the pediatric wing. Uh, They had me in a drug-induced coma, as I thought, with the the burns and the brain injury. Um, You know, but in terms of my journey of faith, I think when I woke up, again, I'm struggling with this brain injury, I understood that I had been in a car accident. Actually, I don't know if I completely understood it. I told my friend that I had fallen down a flight of stairs. Um, but, uh, you know, I was listening to the same worship music I listened to prior to the accident. I had that playing in the CD player at the time next to my bed in the hospital. And those songs became a lot more real to me um, than before the accident. How, um, you how are you now? I mean, are you still struggling with uh, a TBI or anything? Um, I, I've, it's been a journey uh, up until probably uh, six years ago. I was in cognitive remediation and uh, trying to figure out, even with the narcolepsy, getting those medications kind of balanced out over the years. But um, probably in 2014, I would say I took the biggest turn for the better uh, when I got some help with cognitive remediation and they found out I had lost my peripheral vision, the lower half of my vision had been basically shut off since the accident. So I was missing handshakes, different things that were super embarrassing to me. Um, my visual processing speed was already slowed down because of the brain injury, but uh, I didn't know that I couldn't see, like on a, if you draw a circle and a line through the center of it, I couldn't see anything on the lower sphere mm-hmm. of that. And so through therapy, I was able to regain my vision. Wow. And, um, and so the last six years have just been incredible, uh, as God's kind of prepared me to now tell my story. Yeah. I mean, just, just talk, I've talked to a lot of people that have had various injuries including the traumatic brain injuries and things. Um, you don't, 
you don't show you don't at least so far you you don't exhibit any outward signs that would let me know that that you're suffering in any particular way i mean is this it do you do you have any kind of daily difficulties or anything yeah some of my executive functioning is uh, is not uh, great um again it's improved over time the brain's an amazing thing how yeah. it can uh, compensate and rewire and so when I first woke up, I couldn't tell them how many sides were on a triangle. I couldn't lift up my middle wow. finger on command, wow. you know, so, um, and of course I tried to get uh, through college and that was tough, but the whole way I just felt like the Lord was leading me and, and putting the right people in front of me on my journey. So lots of cognitive remediation, uh, to this day, I'm still not great at remembering faces and things like that. And you wonder, yeah, I mean, so people are like, oh, I, can't, <laughs> right. I can't do that, right? Uh, but I notice some things, um, and people that know me well probably notice some things, but I, I've been really fortunate. So what, what do you make of all this? When you, when you look at Mike Kenny's life and you go, I mean, fall asleep at the wheel, nearly burned to death, having to struggle just to function – uh, what do you, I mean, what do you, what do you do with that? What's God, what's God doing with you? You know, for the longest time, I, I really wrestled with, again, before the accident and after the accident, like what's, what am on earth am I here for? You know, as it says, uh, in purpose driven life. <laughs> right. And that was the book that I started reading in 2018, um, because I lost my cousin, uh, through, just uh he decided to end his life and come to find out struggled with borderline disorder and um we had never dealt with anything like that in our family mm. and it was that was a gut-wrenching time and that happened in 2017 on my birthday on his sister's wedding day uh, and was just heart-wrenching and then in 2018 i was asked to give a talk uh, to a group of men at my church uh, titled designed for God's purpose. And God has a sense of humor because it was, you know, through that talk and preparing for that talk, reading purpose driven life that I realized that he had a purpose for me. And part of it led back all the way back to 2003, right after the accident, when a young gal in my chemistry class heard my testimony and she just gave me a thank you note and it changed my life. Her name's Clancy. There's a chapter in the book called reaching Clancy. And she had tried to kill herself. And uh, I've never struggled with suicide or thoughts of wanting to end my life, but that was part of her story. And she shared it with me, but also just some words of encouragement and how much she appreciated me sharing my story. And just, she prayed that God would always be with me and said, I feel like God saved you and sent you to save me and different things like that, that just rattled around in my head over the next 20 years as I tried to figure out what my purpose was. So when my when we lost my cousin, and then I have to give this talk in 2018, it was like, you know, and then I have this vision too of kneeling next to Matt, my friend that pulled me out of the burning truck in the field. And it's, you know, he had one hand on my chest, the other one lifted to the sky, calling on Jesus's name. And Jesus literally shows up to the scene of the accident for my friend, Matt. And it wasn't that easy for me. And I don't think it's that easy for a lot of us where we just see Jesus or hear an audible voice 
it was a journey over a 20 year period that I'm searching through the haze and the smoke and trying to figure out, God, where are you? And what, why am I here? And, and then it was through all of this and this vision that I had that I realized, I mean, I've got a story that can, I, I hope it can, can uh, give hope to a lot of people. And, uh, you know, uh, it's really the, the same story that we've heard that it's the message of the gospel and what Jesus does for all of us. Right. But, um, anyway, there was, there was, it was in my brokenness that I felt like, well, God can't use me anymore. And, um, he just had a different plan in mind. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, if there's any doubt still, um, whether God can use your story and your difficulties, your struggles, your brokenness, uh, I, I'm just one guy, but the answer is yes. Not only can <laughs> he, but he wants to in ways that you can't even imagine. Um, mm-hmm. That's just, I, I see it. I see it all the time. Uh, and to reach some someone like, you know, like the, the girl who's struggling with suicide um, and change, I mean, that's, that's I don't know. I, I'm not 100% sure why God has decided to do this, but he always it seems to like he, he wants to work through people to reach other people. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, he could just show up and, everybody's you know living room and announce himself and you believe or you don't believe but he doesn't but he works through people especially people who have really been through a lot of hard things like you have um, Mm -hmm. to reach people and and i again that's it's a pattern in the scripture Uh, i see it all the time i don't fully understand it but that's what he does and so mm-hmm. you're in you're in a unique position to reach a lot of people. Uh, what do you what do you want it? What do you do? What do you want to do? I want to share, uh, you know, I want to share this message of hope, his message of hope, with whoever he puts in front of me. You know, so from here on, it's kind of just open hands of, okay, uh, you know, Lord, take me to the people that need to to hear your your message of hope about your love and uh, really the message that he is with us. And the thing that I wrestled with personally after the accident and in the hospital, because I was in the pediatric floor, is seeing all the kids that were coming into the hospital that weren't getting better, mm-hmm. that had, you know, rolled their car five times and mm-hmm. the brain injury, you know, was not uh, going to get much better much better from that point. And so I, I really struggled with, you know, why doesn't everyone make it out of their burning trucks and, you know, kind of that survivor's guilt. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I had heard this amazing story about my friend pulling me out of the truck and then that Jesus came to the scene of the accident. And I'm, I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? And what am I supposed to do with that? Um, and, um, I think I think we all feel like that sometimes, even when we just think about how he's saved us, mm-hmm. right? It's like that's incredible. If for for those of us that believe, that's amazing. If we've truly been saved, that's amazing. That should make us want to go and share that with everyone, yeah. right? And, yeah. and but what keeps us from taking that next step of of believing that we have a story to share and a message of hope to bring to other people, and um, and so I think a lot of it had to do with 
just looking for Jesus in the middle of diff my difficult moments along the way. And, um, and then realizing really through a friend that's uh, also mentioned in the book who was diagnosed with a terminal illness, Huntington's Korea. Oh no. Diagnosed with Huntington's Korea. This was a dear, dear friend of mine from a young age. And she was there for me right after my accident, sent me a you know six page letter and, um, pastor's kid. And we just, we shared similar stories, but then her life took a massive, you know, change when she was diagnosed about 10 years ago with Huntington's Korea. And she taught me so much, you know, she never got to read out of the fire, but her fingerprints are all over the book. And, um, she told, she told her mom that she had always wanted to write a book, but didn't think she was going to get that chance. So I'm absolutely honored that Jamie Sorum gets to be in this book. And I hope everyone gets to hear her story um, and, and how it impacted mine. That's why it's in the book. Um, it was in Jamie's terminal diagnosis and how she responded to it, that it gave me such clarity for my own purpose. Mm. And that, you know, no matter whether we're, whatever we're dealing with, God can use us in whatever state we're in, even if we have Huntington's Korea and we are, um, you know, we're, we, we've, we know we're going to be, be passing away. It's like, God, as long as you have breath in your lungs, he wants to use you and your story, your unique story and personality to touch the life of somebody else, maybe change their life forever. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, my pastor for 19 years, um, his, his wife passed away and from Huntington's, uh, Korea. And, and I understand that that's a, that's a, that's a tough one, buddy. That's a, that's a hard one to, to wrestle with. Uh, and you know, he was in the hospital, I think it was 21 days straight at the end with her, never left the hospital and mm. other people would come in and out of the hospital, find out he was a pastor ask him to pray with them. They get better and check out of the hospital. And she never did. Mm. So these are, these are big issues. These are tough issues. Uh, and mm -hmm. these are hard issues for people. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I think we can't always come in with the answers to these things. I'm not going to pretend like I, I get all of that, but what I do know is what you're saying is that God will walk with you through all these things and that there is something beyond this life that we can have hope in. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, yeah. All right. I have to ask you about the music. I'm going to show people the book again. Um, this is out of the fire, Mike Kenny's book uh, and it's available. It's, it's already out, right? Where's the date? Oh yeah. It is. Yeah. Just yesterday. Yesterday. Wow. Look at this just out, uh, out of the printing press, <laughs> out of the fires, yeah. out of, out of the, out of the press. Anyway, uh, you can pick up the book wherever you get books. Um, but so I, uh, I'm a musician a little bit. I'm a hack. I like to play, uh, and I've played in, in bands and worship sets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You are too. Um, and you did something unique and, and I'm going to nerd out a little bit here because I was like, what, what is this? What is this capo thing he's, he's got here? Cause I haven't seen that. So give us a little bit of how, because you, 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 know, you referenced worship music in the hospital and things like that. Yeah. Um, where does worship in your life? It's still so, so important to me. Um, I think I put too much, I uh, found too much of my identity in, in worship, leading worship. 
because that's what I did before the accident. That's where I found some acceptance and purpose. Mm-hmm. And then after the accident, um, everybody still saw me as, uh, you know, my name is Michael W. Kinney. And so people, <laughs> you know, were like, Michael W., you know, you're going to do what Michael W. does or Chris Tomlin. And you hear that and it's like, well, that'd be pretty cool to, to uh, lead packed stadiums, you know, sure. and, and everything. And as I kind of, uh, you know, strive towards that, doors just weren't opening uh, like I thought they would, uh, even at my home church that I've been at my whole life. And so that was really hard for me at the time. And, uh, but I had a moment where I kind of laid that down and, and God opened up the door for something that was going to completely take away my ability to even volunteer on the worship team on the weekends, because I was going to work weekends. And, uh, but he gave me a piece about it. And then back in 2018, you know, uh, or 15, 18, it was sometime in there that I had a, um, well, I had lost my job and it was awful, but it was during that time that I was able to develop a capo that uh, I had a dream about in 2003, like a year after the accident. It was on my birthday. All this stuff was happening like around my birthday. I don't know why I felt like there's (laughs) something to that, but I, you know, I was listening, I guess, uh, more intently at that time. And so this dream I had, was of a capo I had never seen before. You know, a capo is something a guitarist will put on the, you know what it is, you put it on the neck of a guitar, it'll change the key of a song. You can use the same chord shapes and it makes it easier to to change the the melody. Well, I had been messing around before the accident with two capos, Uh, you know, one one of them would clamp all the strings and then another one called a shortcut capo would, would clamp the second, third and fourth string instead of all the strings at the same time. And it made it, open string tuning. There was some old worship songs like uh, Better Is One Day and just some some old classics that you could play with this. And it was a little easier to play. And I, I enjoyed that. Well, after the accident, some of my musician friends were saying, well, why don't you just play the song without the, without the capos? And, uh, and that's when I feel like God gave me this dream of the Kinney and what, what I've called the Kinney capo, which is a, it allowed you to push down individually over each of the strings, which ones you wanted to to play. And so it made a guitar more like a piano because you have more octaves to work with now. And for me though, what was the inspiration behind the capo was it was, it represented, um, I felt limited by my injuries and by the brain injury and the narcolepsy and all these things that kept coming at me. The capo gave me hope over my journey because I felt like, the capo gave people unlimited possibilities. Hmm. Interesting. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm trying to picture how that works <laughs> and, 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 and how it works. Cause I mean, it's not, it, yeah, it affects the open chord, but now if you, that's fine if I'm playing, you know, an A, but now what if I switch to a C? Well, how does that, you know, how does that affect the rest of them? So, yeah. And that's what it does. And I think I learned this too over time is that not everybody plays by ear. God's gifted us all, you know, uniquely. I play by ear. I don't read sheet music. Uh, and so when I hear it and it sounds good, I, I, I know it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this capo allows you to experiment uh, and play things you couldn't play before. You can play bef- behind the capo and in front of the capo. And anyhow, I wrote songs with it and that were, were really great. And I thought 
there's something to this. And so again, I kind of just kept it in the back of my mind over the years. And then God finally gave me the opportunity to get the thing patented. And it just became, it was, it was never about the capo for me. It was about sharing my story mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, another part of the, 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 my story is that Pete Townsend of the who had given me a guitar. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> You know, I didn't know who the guy was, uh, no. because I was oh. 17 and apparently it turns out he's a rock legend. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, <laughs> and I mean, people were coming to the hospital to see my guitar, not see me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, but he wrote across the body of the guitar in big letters to Mike. This is the Phoenix Pete. And um, that guitar has meant so much to me uh, throughout my life. And, you know, wrote me a handwritten note uh, as well. It said he'd be praying for me and in, in my speedy recovery. Wow. Um, he, he heard about me through the Bob and Tom radio show. And, um, you know, that students were collecting guitar picks for me. And Tom, Bob and Tom radio broadcast this. And so I was receiving guitar picks from across the nation. Wow. And uh, they, they called uh, Pete Townsend's team in London and said, hey, would you be willing to send this uh, kid a guitar pick? And he said, how about I send him a guitar? Oh, nice. So he just couldn't have known how much that guitar would have an impact on my life. Cause to me, he was one of the strangers in my life. Um, again, I didn't know him from Adam or any of his music really. And, um, but it's what he wrote on that guitar that was life changing. Did you ever reconnect later with him or communicate with him? Uh, with Pete? Yeah. Uh, uh, to this day, I'm still, uh, it's been a life dream of mine to hopefully one day get to thank, uh, Pete Townsend. Uh, so if anyone's listening, and knows <laughs> that, uh, how that might happen, uh, would appreciate the support, but, uh, no, we haven't, I have been able to reconnect with Tom Griswold. Uh, he was so kind. He replaced my Takamini guitar that burned in my truck. I had led worship that night of the accident. And so oh. my guitar burned and he, re- he gave me an exact replica of the one that burned in my truck. So, um, just amazing the people that came to to support me uh, early on in my journey. And then uh, over the last 20 years, God's just put the right people in place at the right time. And, um, you know, so, so, so happy that this book has come to fruition and, uh, you yeah. know, and that it can give people hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a culmination of a lot of hard work, I'm sure. And And was it tough going back and reliving some of these things? Oh, it was, tell you what, it was, uh, it, it was really good. I'm glad I did it now, but, uh, it was a journey into some really hard times, you know, and, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was tough trip. I'd almost say it was traumatic, uh, but it, there was healing in that process. Good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was very tough. My, my wife was a great support through the process. So you married, got kids? Married, three kids. Uh, uh, I've got a four-year-old, six-year-old, and an eight-month-old. Uh, oh. So uh, we're so, so blessed. And, um, you know, tell you what, I'm learning more about life every day just having kiddos than I ever thought possible. Okay, so let me ask you this, because uh, I, I have four kids. They're all in their 20s now. But, you know, we grow up in the church. Uh, I don't know what what kind of church did you grow up in. Just curious. It it was an Assemblies of God church and became non denominational back in like 1995. So okay, so we grow up um, and we have these 
concepts of God, most of them probably good, but some of them probably a little off, at least the way I was raised was. And then you have kids. And for me, I started to understand the uh, unconditionality of God's love in a lot of ways. And we don't approve of what our kids do. We, we discipline them discipline them because we love them, but we love them more than they can even comprehend. Mm-hmm. Have you, have you, have you gotten some of that you think with, with these, you know, young kids now and understanding maybe God's relationship that he wants with us? Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's uh there's, there's no better, you know, a teacher, I guess, than actually doing it, actually being a, a, a parent and, um, uh, you know, when I, when I sing, you know, bedtime songs with them or read stories with them, uh, you just hear songs like, uh, Jesus loves me a little bit differently, yeah. you know, and, uh, it's those little things that you take for granted, uh, or maybe you just didn't really fully comprehend. And then now that we've got kiddos, uh, man, you just want them to know how much they're loved yeah. no matter, no matter what. And, um, uh, you know, it's like uh, I was the other day. I was thinking, my uh, middle son, you know, was trying to do something. He was getting frustrated. And I said, "Just ask me for help." You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 right here. Just say, "Dad, can you help me?" And that's in our in our faith. It's like, well, why don't we do that? And and uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's I guess it's easier said than done. But uh, that's trusting the Lord and asking him to get involved in our situations, even when we don't get the answers that we were hoping for, you know, God has a plan for each of us. And this is not our home. Like, as you said earlier, this is not it. Yeah. Um, and so that just gives us a new sense of excitement. It gives me a, a sense of excitement and clarity and purpose that uh, God's got this taken care of. The battle's already won. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we're just here to, to, to love people well, uh, and to figure out why he placed us on this earth. Uh, and then we'll all get to be with him one day. It, it changes your perspective when you start to see things you didn't realize were there before as you literally experienced. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, Mike, uh, I want to show people your website real quick. And it is, looks just like this. It is at, uh, Mike Kenny story.com. So books, prominent there are you are you accepting invitations that people don't you know want want to have you come speak share your story in different settings absolutely yeah absolutely that's why i wrote the book of course okay so they can reach you there at the website yes okay cool anything i missed anything you want to add before i let you go it's been fascinating i just I, i love just the the rawness and the just just basically saying look this is what happened this is what god's done and he can do it for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, one thing I do want to say is that we we found out yesterday there was a little bit of a mix-up at the distribution center for uh, uh, one of the distributors. And so the books right now, like if you were to go on the website to order it, it's saying, you know, uh, like Amazon, for example, is saying it could be end of November. I found out yesterday that's not true. It, <laughs> it, it would come within about a week or so. Okay. Uh, but I am asking people as they get the the books, if, if you do order – a copy of the book, if you could just 
take a picture of your yourself with the book and, and hashtag out of the fire, post it to your social media pages so we can, you know, know that you, you got the book and the problem was resolved. Uh, I know they're doing everything they can to, to make that right. But um, we're just super, super excited. This has been a long time coming, 20 years, yeah. you know, but uh, about three or four years ago that I felt like God gave me the nudge to, to share the story. And, and now here it is. So we're couldn't, couldn't be more excited. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to share the story with our audience today. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Thank you for having me. You keep sharing and keep singing. Thanks. That's what I'll do. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate you guys hanging out, watching, hitting share, hitting like, follow, subscribe, and pick up out of the fire for you, for someone else. Encourage somebody. I mean, one of the, you know, it, these are the stories that you, you kind of, you can't, you can't put down because you're like, man, but when God gets the glory through the whole thing, then it makes it all worth it. So I, I love it. Um, check it out. MikeKinneyStory.com and come back. We've got more for you right here next time on Life Today Live. Present the man that God has raised up with a message for your deliverance. There is no distance in prayer. You don't have to go anywhere or be in any specific place. It is the believing of the heart. It is faith in God. You believe in pain,